0: This month's episode is brought to you by Podbean. Think you have what it takes to start up a podcast? Podbean makes it easy with one-stop audio hosting and registering to the major podcast services like iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Go to podbean.com slash vgxtpod to start your show and join an ever-expanding online community. Crosstalk. The unintentional transfer of signals between communication channels. A casual conversation. world this is video game Talk, episode 030 the monthly podcast of gamers talking tech science and whatever else comes to mind i'm your host anthony rossi and with me this episode is fellow podcaster and the man behind super retro throwback reviews Stephen christina Stephen, thank you so much for joining me tonight
1: Thank you for having me, Anthony. It's great to be back on Video Game Crosstalk. Yeah, it's been a while.
0: Uh, I was just thinking about this while I was getting everything ready. I think with this episode, I will have completed recording with the people that I was looking forward to or trying to connect with from the Empire State Comic Con of last year, going back a bit of a ways. So, yeah, you were on my live episode for the Empire State Comic-Con back here in Albany, New York. So, yeah, welcome back. Thank you.
1: So, uh, Steve, what have you been up to? Well, um, a lot's changed since um, – a lot's been happening since uh, you and I have uh, crossed paths at Empire State Comic-Con. Oh, yeah? When at Empire State Comic-Con last year, David Ellison was there, and I got to interview him for my podcast. Nice. My – Interview with him got quoted by blabbermouth.net. Really? Yes. The numbers, download numbers have just spiked and increased. We have a worldwide fan base. We're being listened to worldwide. We just keep doing episode after episode after episode. We are just not looking back. We're just moving forward, and we're just continuing to give you new content. Hence, in our third year, we have the tagline, bigger, better, badder. Nice I do have to give you credit this is something like
0: credit where credit is due you push out quite a bit of content on a regular basis
1: yeah uh, you- um, <laughs> it gets it keeps me busy because I work part-time at one job and the rest of the time I'm not working I focus on this so I do have okay. free time to work on some content yeah you've been pushing out a lot of the mobile reviews. Uh, for different movies how's that been working for you I got a rhythm going now I enjoy doing that I get a lot of feedback for that and I it's fun going to a movie every weekend and then putting the review out the following day and you know it's fun it's fun doing this and getting everyone informed if they don't want to spend $20 on a movie and another $20 on snacks they can check my review yeah. out and see, oh, if I want to see Captain Marvel, maybe I should check out his review instead of spending almost $40 on snacks and a ticket.
0: Yeah, luckily I lay off the snacks for the most part. I I used to, used to just like go all out for the movie going experience. Get the popcorn, get the soda, get the, the candy and all that other stuff, but as – time has passed i'll still get the popcorn on occasion but i'm no longer even getting the the large popcorn i actually went to see alita battle angel over the weekend and we'll definitely be talking about that later on but i noticed myself i'm beginning to slack more and more on the snacking aspect i got a medium popcorn which was still absurdly expensive. And now I see, well, I knew beforehand that you spend an extra 50 cents. You get three times as much popcorn in the bucket and or bag that they throw at you. But I just doing as much as I can to consciously reduce the amount of snacking that I'm doing. But yeah, it's expensive. It is. Everyone knows it's expensive. I don't know if we're quite $20 a movie uh, depending on which theater we go to. But, I mean, just for for rounding's sake and for conversation's sake, yeah, it's about $20. <laughs> $20 a hit these days.
1: If that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I did rewatch your mobile movie review for Alita. You actually saw that in 3D, didn't you? Yes, I did.
1: That adds to the price tag, I'm sure. It does. Um, you know, you have your uh... – you know movie passes and your amc stub thing and you know they have Mm. their benefits where you can for your monthly subscription you can see a 3d movie but i think the 3d novelty and i'll i'll mention this again when we talk about alita but the 3d novelty is to me the gimmicks worn off but i rarely see a movie in 3d but for this movie I saw it in 3D, and I'll talk about it a little more later.
0: Okay. All right. So then we'll move away from the mobile reviews for now. What else are you doing on your – it's really not just a podcast, is it? You do a lot of stuff.
1: Yes? Well, yes. I have a YouTube channel where we do the mobile movie reviews. We also do a 31 Days of Horror every October, and we also do various random reviews. Like I just did a review on the Punisher Netflix series before Netflix canceled it. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I was debating whether or not I wanted to put that into the agenda for today's episode, but continue. Go ahead. And, you know, I just pick, you know, random stuff to review on the YouTube channel, but the audio podcast, you know, we go to conventions and we cover the convention. We interview the vendors, celebrities and artists. We got to interview you at Empire State Comic Con last year. That was Um, a blast. Yeah, but we also talk about the latest movie, music, and video game news, and we do have interviews with other people. Most famously, we have, there's this person that has a business, and we sponsor his business every other month, and he does double features in Connecticut. We have him on every other month to promote his oh, nice. double feature, and we just go into just straight movie talk, and it's goes into about an hour, and it's probably my most popular episodes when i have him on so very nice so you say you've been doing super retro throwback reviews and
0: i'm gonna keep saying that because i was at my side of the interview at empire say i think i botched your name three times and each time i actually said it a different like i botched it three times and in a different way each time so
1: i'm Making the conscious effort to get your name right. And it's pro- it's okay. You know, you're not the only one. I've had people that have come onto the show and I've been on to other people's shows and they've gotten the name mixed up in thirty different ways. You know, it's I, like when you go to uh it's when you go to a wing place and you can get multiple wing sauce combinations on your wings. Right. <laughs> it's the best way I could sum it up. Yeah. i not going to lie. I was debating. I opted
0: not to, but I was debating, just so you know, that the idea was floating around my twisted little brain that I would have a separate document open while I was recording this and I would go down a list of different variations of the name, just so I wouldn't say the, na- the same name twice throughout <laughs> the episode. <laughs> I would considered it. I considered it, but I, I didn't follow through.
1: Not well. It's okay. So you've been doing this for three years. I have November of twenty eighteen marked three years. We were at Rhode Island Comic Con, and that was that the first week, first weekend in November. That was our three year anniversary. We did a podcast cool. and panel, and we literally celebrated three years at that panel. Everyone that was there, you know, we had a big celebration. All the panel attendees and the panelists on my panel. We did something big you know we had a big get together it was you know three years i've been doing this and it's just it's just a big big snowball that keeps getting bigger and bigger Mm. and bigger and it's it's a lot of
0: fun i tell people uh the first time that i tell them that i do a podcast i mean i'm I'm still very small i'm growing ever so painfully slowly but i am growing with each episode and with each guest that i have on and trying to get into a little bit more of a rhythm of just posting some blog posts i do have plans for youtube content right now my biggest issue is finding the time to actually do it but when I tell people that I do a podcast, sometimes they look at me a little funny, and other times I just tell them straight up, listen, it is so much fun creating content th- in this way.
1: And it yeah. is. It is really fun. I mean, it's really addicting. I mean, I went to school for it. I went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, which is one of the oldest schools in the United States, There's 12 locations mm-hmm. from Boston to Miami, and I went to one of the original school in Farmington, Connecticut. Okay. You know, I learned everything from TV to radio to weather to everything in between. And podcasting was one of the courses and once I graduated, oh, that's nice. just something I wanted to do was podcasting. And there's a lot that goes into it in the background. There's oh, a yeah. lot that goes
0: into just this little hobby of a podcast that I got going on. It's it's a lot of prep work. It's a lot of prep work and it's a lot of post-production. I mean, If, hey, if me I can co- even call it post-production, I mean, that's a stretch from well, let what me, I'm doing. Let me, doing.
1: Um, let me ex- add to that. It's the fact Go that Super Retro Throwback Reviews is a one-man show. Um, I just brought on a co-host after two years. Um, I had a co-host my first year, but she left to pursue other projects. I finally brought on another co-host, but I still run all the social medias. I still do all the research for all the reviews. I edit everything. I book the guests. I take care of you know all mm-hmm. the legalities and stuff with getting get to the cons and financial-wise, equipment. So... If you want to do a podcast for anyone listening out there, you know I do do a podcast in class. If you're in the Connecticut area, I teach podcasting. In go to newlondonadulteducation.edu and just look for podcasting one hundred one. But yeah, I I just there's I, a lot to I, I, all right. So
0: for one of your audio episodes, about how much time per let's. For discussion's sake, about how much time per hour of raw audio does it take to edit one of your episodes?
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, if I I went to broadcast in school, and I learned the proper way to edit. When I was in the school, in the school, they taught us. You know, they gave us something to edit, and then we had a deadline. We had like fifteen minutes to edit it. Okay. So, I learned to edit on the fly. So. I record my episode and I edit it with my hearing. So I'm hearing the episode and I edit the breaths. I edit like a screw up and it takes me, I don't know, close to 30 minutes to an hour, if that. Okay.
0: See, I need to learn how to do it properly because it takes me much, much longer than that. In the beginning, it was taking me almost four hours of time to edit an hour's worth of raw audio because I did not learn how to do any of this the proper way. I basically said, okay, I've got Audacity, the freeware open source version of an audio editor, and I'm going to listen to everything. I'm going to try to adjust volume levels, but at the same time, I'm learning how to operate the program at the same time. I'm trying to snip out what I can. I'm trying to smooth things out very very ham-fistedly
1: if that's even a word but we'll we'll use it for now yeah and- i mean it also depends on the program you use you use audacity i use audition a couple of people mm-hmm. i know use uh, GarageBand, garage band but for me the primary is audition because that's what i learned to use and that's probably the best program out there in my opinion well it's powerful it is very powerful it's
0: clunky in the way that all open source is clunky but it will do just about everything that you need it to do once you figure out where the options are and how the how the filters operate and how you can adjust the variables therein it'll do just about everything you need right. once you figure it out so and if i remember correctly which i hope i can do that you go to quite a few cons over the year i do each each year i Um, should say
1: we cover almost a lot of conventions in the new england area um when we met at empire state comic con that was the first time we went outside of new england to cover a convention and um (laughs) <laughs> right, yeah.
0: because New York is not part of New England. We are what, like North
1: Atlantic states or something like that. But pretty much. But um, <laughs> we got invited to go out there. Um, nice. The folks at Altered Reality were very nice enough to invite us to go out there. But we like, cover awesome people over there. Awesome people at Altered Reality. They are. Um, we cover pretty much any convention from Boston to Connecticut to Massachusetts. Um, we haven't covered uh, New Hampshire, Vermont, or Maine yet, but horror comic gamer cons. You know we've done Retro World Expo in Hartford. We've done Terrific Con in Mohegan Sun. We've done Gamer Con in Mohegan Sun. Uh, we've done. Nice. Um, for the first time this year, we're doing Pax East. But we're go- oh, we- nice! So it's. It gets exhausting. I mean, but this year we're doing something different. This year we're going to be going to be doing as many booths as possible because we want to get our name out there more. So, gotcha. Our first booth for our first con of the year is CT GamerCon, and then our other booth of the year is at CT Horror Fest in Naugatuck, Connecticut, in September. As for other conventions, it, it, You can go to our website and see what we have, um, but I'll mention that at the very end of the show. Sure.
0: Oh, yeah. We'll do the end of show plugs. Don't you worry about that. Uh, And you're going to have to let me know what your experiences are working a booth or a table at a con versus walking around and interviewing people uh, as an attendee or as a press attendee i'm not sure what the proper term would be instead of rocking a press pass what it's like in your experiences compared to working a booth because for me i haven't had enough of a draw or an audience to be able to attain press pass which oh by the way this year i've actually received press credentials for several cons already in my previous episode with Ray Umarley, we had mentioned HV – or excuse me, the Hudson Valley Gamercon coming back to the Albany Convention Center. Or I should say being at the convention center where the Empire State Con was. I am on the media pass list for that. So awesome. I'll be able to see everyone who's going to that. Also, the Empire Gamer Expo over at the Red Line Hotel in Albany. I was able to get press credentials for that as well. So I'll be able to start seeing people. I will not have a booth this time or at either of these conventions, but I will be walking around. I'm working on getting some additional things to hand out, something above and beyond just the regular business card. But it'll be interesting to see. What I'm able to accomplish walking around with press credentials as opposed to manning a booth, because I feel it's tough
1: with a it podcast
0: is. It's it tough, with a bo- and it's expensive as yeah. a podcast because you're not actually selling anything. Right. So it is 100% pure expense, especially if you want to support any of the other local artists or other vendors at the con, because that's just additional money that you're spending.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is a, um, I, for I, my advice for podcasters that are just starting to get into the industry and you want to, that's your basis. You want to do comic cons. You want to do movies and pop culture and you want to have a booth. I'd start, I recommend doing booths first before and get your name, start building your, uh, building your, uh, credibility up before you apply for press. Cause you're going to have to meet their qualifications oh sure so actually so you've got more experience with that than I do
0: even though I've been able to start building a name so why don't we talk about what uh, convention organizers are looking for uh, for podcasters or other people who are looking to get press credentials
1: well pretty much cut and dry from generally a convention is looking for if you've covered their convention before that's like guarantee that you'll probably come back um, if you have a good amount of subscribers on or, you know, followers on your social media pages, um, I know Altered Reality has upped their followers from on Facebook and Twitter to over a thousand. Um, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, still working. Still building. <laughs> right. There, there are some people that are pretty lenient. You know, the smaller cons are just like, I mean, if – if you're good, go ahead, you know, but if you're just going to walk around for free, then we won't let you. You know. Which I mean, it
0: things you gotta understand, business is business and right. business is going to have to business. They can't just give free passes to anyone who says, "Oh yeah, I have a website or I do a blog
1: or I do a podcast." Well, you know, show me that you're doing something. Right. When we have our press passes, we use the press passes the right way. And when they they when the convention emails us and tells us what we can and cannot do, we abide by those rules oh, basically Jesus. you know you would think that's common sense, right right, as some people don't think. some people don't abide by those rules, but we abide by them, we follow them because we are pretty much representing them for a weekend, and we're representing us as well. We're showing. Perfect example, Rhode Island Comic Con. You know, we love going to Rhode Island Comic Con. We had a press pass for the first time last year. Nice. Um, We covered their panels. We got to interview people. Um, There were certain people we couldn't interview. There were certain people we could interview. So some conventions will give you guidelines, you know, don't ask for free autographs, don't do this, don't do that. Um, But there are certain things that You have to abide by if you have a press pass, and it's very vital if you go into this industry and you go down this route that you have to abide by their rules. It's basic professionalism as far as I'm concerned. So going back to your point of
0: how you're representing the con and the organizers of the con, basically, if you go into an area or into a convention or an expo or whatever you want to call it, and you have press credentials that means that you've been vetted by the organizer in that you are a legitimate uh, either news outlet or member of the community content creator or something to that effect like you've been vetted and you represent now the quality and type of people that they allow into their events if you give a celebrity guest or other vendor A bad experience that tells them you are the quality of people that come to these events organized by this company, and that will dictate whether they want to come back to that event or not. Fair enough. Correct. Okay. So, in all things business, because as much as we're having fun, yeah, it's business. Yeah, it's business. Be a professional. And As much as we would all love to get free stuff, because free stuff is awesome, right? Free stuff is awesome. But don't go in expecting, because the other side of this business is, and I've uh, had to explain some of these things to other friends and family, the signatures and photographs of the celebrities, for example,
1: yeah, they cost money, because that's their income. And that's how they get it, because people don't know this, but the money that they're making for these autographs and pictures they're getting a big percentage taken out of it because the convention is going to get the percent a percentage of it their agents are going to get a percentage out of it and their uh the studio they represent like let's say okay Martin, so it gets cut several times go ahead right so let's say i don't know robert downey jr shows up one for a convention and he charges, I don't know, $100 for a photograph and autograph combo, and which would be very low. Hey, for someone that's been in 20, 20 Marvel movies, it'd be like $300. <laughs> but, I, I was going to say, 100 sounds pretty low because I was able to get
0: a uh, Ryan Hurst autograph. And I think that was maybe $30. I'm being very hesitant with my... Memory right now, I want to say 30 or 40 dollars to get his autograph. And I, I purchased his f- uh, photograph headshot from another vendor that was on site. So for Robert Downey Jr. to charge, oh, geez, $100 for a this autograph, just com- uh, yeah, that, that's lowballing. That, yeah, that's just, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm,
1: uh, this was just uh, in my mind. Yeah, I, I wasn't you. thinking at the time, but oh, back yeah, to yeah, the plan. For conversation's sake, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll for, go conversation, with that. for conversation's sake. If he charges $300 for a photo autograph combo okay, times $300 times pretty much, I don't know how many people attend a regular convention center uh, fire code wise. <laughs> Let's say gotcha. 2,000 people if they don't fill up the building and don't shut the building down to the fire marshal times three days. <laughs> um, then you divide that by um, agent's percentage. uh then you divide that by uh, the convention organizers. Then you divide that by the studio. So if Robert Downey Jr. is working for Marvel and Disney, Marvel and Disney is going to take a big chunk out of it. Yeah, they're not going to see 100% of the cash that you're handed over to
0: them. Long the story business story is short, to, yeah, Long story short, they're not going to see all of that. And plus, if they are at the convention, and that means that they are not on set filming a movie, which ultimately means they're not currently getting paid at that time sure people who are in the upper echelon of celebrity hood uh they're not starving i you know i get that but it's still business this is still part of their income this is part of their branding so just expect to pay and of course it'll scale appropriately with the level of celebrity of the individual that you're speaking to so some of the lesser known they're you know, there may not charge as much, uh, but as you move higher up into some of the A-listers, you know, hey, if you want to get this person's autograph, well, you're going to have to pay for it. Correct. And proportionally as much.
1: <laughs> oh, man. So uh, what counts you got coming up? So, like we, like I mentioned earlier, we have CT GamerCon uh, March twenty third, twenty fourth at Mohegan Sun Convention Center in Uncasville, Connecticut. Uh, it's pretty much right in our backyard. <laughs> yeah, um, for you, right? Right. Uh, we have a booth. We'll be doing live podcast recordings all weekend. So, if you're in the area, come say hi to us. We will be doing a raffle at our booth. Ten percent of the proceeds will go to No Kid Hungry. We're only doing one raffle prize a day, so. It's a Saturday and a Sunday, so Saturday, we're raffling off three KISS comics. The reason is, is because that night, KISS is playing at Mohegan Sun Arena, so I figured, why the heck not? Well, um, right. <laughs> it's nice. The final day, the 24th, we're raffling off two tickets for people that sponsor our podcast. Um, the guy that does the double features I mentioned earlier, he donated two tickets to his next double feature in April, April 20th he's going to show Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Nice. So. All right. And um, for, oh, you got all this stuff oh going yeah, got something on What you got, oh, brother?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do it up. What you got?
1: <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, So we have, um, we also have PAX East the following weekend. We're only going Friday. We didn't get a proof of press. We're just going to go because we've never been before. We're going just to check it out. Um, Then we have Terrificon, which is in August and it's, I think it's August 18th through the 20th. I'm not 100% sure. We have press passes, um, and it's, again, at Mohegan Sun. We love this convention. We love it. We love it. We love it. Mm -hmm. And then the final convention of the year, that might change, but we have CT Horror Fest. We have a booth. We're doing live podcast recordings at CT Horror Fest, which is a horror convention um, in Naugatuck, Connecticut. We will have more conventions, we just haven't heard back from the other conventions we're talking to, but we're currently talking with them, so I can't say anything more about that.
0: Okay, nice. And real quickly, since we're talking about events that are coming up March 30th, I will be at the Hudson Valley GamerCon, big old esports tournament going on at the Albany Capital Center. Looking farther into the future, May 11th, I'm going to be in Johnstown, New York at the Toying Around Block Party. So, if you've hit any of the cons in the Capital Region area, if you've seen Toying Around Shop, they are having their own block party in May. And July 13th, that will be the Empire Game Expo again at the Red Line Hotel in Albany. All right, time for an Audible interlude. For you, the listeners of Video Game Crosstalk Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash VGXTpod and sign up for your free trial and download one of over 180,000 titles such as Kitchen Confidential, authored and narrated by Anthony Bourdain.
1: Steve, you a fan of Anthony Bourdain? um my no I'm not really (laughs) (laughs) a little
0: awkward transition there I was yeah uh, now that's fine I became a huge fan of him years ago when my sister and my nieces were visiting us and they just uh, turned on his uh, no reservation show uh, when it was like in its height and I just thought who is this guy I related to him on some bizarre cynical level and it was just fan, it was fantastic and refreshing to get such an honest review of things. And Kitchen Confidential is one of his first books and it's it's really just a collection of stories and bits it's it really does lack structure but it is such an amazing read as far as what happens and what goes on in the kitchen industry. Yeah. So it's definitely worth the read uh, if you ever get the chance to do it. And if you want, audibletrial.com slash VGXT pod, you can download that title and many more for free. Okay, moving on into some tech and geekery. First one I've got up, and I want to stem this into a larger discussion, but it all starts with Into the Badlands. The series on AMC has, well, it will be canceled after this final season.
1: So, Steve, did you watch Into the Badlands when it was on? I mean, it's still going to be on, but... no to be honest i'm actually behind on shows Uh, because like i said i work i work two days a week and then i do the podcast so you know between what i do in my podcast movie music and video games mm -hmm. you know i listen to a lot of music i watch a lot of movies i play a lot of video games so i um it's a lot to take in you know it's a lot to take in yeah
0: i watch very little tv if any at all but Into the Badlands, I was able to catch the majority of it. I was able to catch some previous episodes, either on, on demand when I actually had time to actually watch it or just catch up on Netflix. I think the first two seasons are on Netflix, if you can get a chance for that. But where I really want to take this discussion, I want to use this more as a launch pad for it. But cable TV, it just seems to keep getting worse and worse. And I thought we had reached the climax of the quote reality TV series end quote, but apparently anything that actually has a story behind it just gets canceled, unless it is an absolute like blockbuster of a series. Would
1: you agree with that statement? I, think I do, and I think we're seeing the rise of you know pay to you know I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it, but. Mm-hmm let me try to explain it you know you download an app and you can watch it on your phone or your uh, yeah. smart thing yes um, you know you have Web series uh, or streaming character.
0: exclusive something like to that effect
1: yeah because there are channels on TV that now have an app and you can just watch it on your uh, TV now you mm-hmm. don't have to get a cable box you know so I think we're seeing the death of cable and the rise of technology just taking over There's a term for, I want to say,
0: over the wire. I'm going to have to look into this. And hopefully I can remember to drop a link for what the official term is for that. But there is like an over the net or over the wire streaming. Like there's an official term. I apologize for my ineptitude at the current time, but I'll drop it in the show notes. But I absolutely agree with that. And what I have in the show notes is would this show or other shows like it they're better if they were a streaming service exclusive.
1: Yes, um, I'm gonna piggyback to uh, the Net- Marvel Netflix okay. stuff. Do it up because you know, perfect example. Recently, Daredevil and Jessica Jones got canceled. You know, well, Daredevil, the, the,
0: the entirety of the Marvel Netflix series right. <laughs> have officially big been- as not sure, of- not Daredevil. Yes, <laughs> I was gonna say the, the the entirety of the Marvel Netflix series have officially been canceled off of netflix
1: right so to what you were saying yes i um i disagree i mean you know people can't afford you know thirty dollars a month for cbs all access Mm -hmm. even though i want to see the new twilight zone thing with jordan peele but i'm not going to fork over thirty dollars just to see twilight zone the series again um but for disney plus you know for just to see jessica jones and the punisher and loki and scarlet and vision you know it's you know they're making their money but is it worth it i'm not sure what the standard cable bill is in america right now but is it worth doing the whole paying the 30 for the cbs all access the 40 for the hbo the I don't know how much Disney Plus is going to be. If you add all that up, it's pretty much a standard monthly cable bill.
0: That's what it's getting to. If you want to watch all of these shows. So my wife has a Netflix account and we've been using that. Uh, I've got my own profile on it, but that's, you know, besides the point. So we pay for internet. We do pay for cable only because it's the way that our bundling worked. I think it was only like an additional $10. It was really cheap, but I got to. Actually, make sure that I'm still getting that promotional rate, but it's fairly cheap for now. And if we were to start moving into, say, Hulu or Amazon Prime Video or, oh, God forbid we get into the CBS All Access or the I don't see us getting the Disney Plus at this point. Who knows what the future is going to bring, but yeah, people have been cutting the cord for several years and just using the streaming services for their television watching. And then Netflix just started killing it with their own in-house produced programming. I mean, just killing it. A few misses, of course, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained, but a few misses. But with the Marvel series in particular, that's a little bit of an oddball because Disney starting their own streaming service. That's pretty much why they were canceled off of Netflix. And these in particular, you know Netflix is tracking everyone's activity, right? Yeah. Yeah, You know. They they know through a data perspective. Uh, I talked about, again, going back to Ray Armourley's Episode, a uh, previous episode, uh, they don't see this person's individual like name. This person likes this, that, and the other thing. It is Netflix subscriber 013, yay, blah, blah, blah. These are the data trends and markers for their viewing habits. But they know, based on all the big data analytics, that the people who have been watching these Marvel shows our current Netflix subscribers to begin with. And they also watch several other Netflix exclusive programs. So by canceling these shows, they're not, they are very unlikely to lose many subscribers. And plus, they really didn't, it, it's tough to say how many people they actually gained, like new subscribers they gained from showing. The Marvel series. So you have limited growth and limited decrease, or limited growth from having the shows, limited decrease from canceling the shows, and by maintaining the Marvel series, or if they were to continue the Marvel series, that would be partial advertising for a competing service, right? Right. So it, unfortunately, it makes proper business sense. But man, I just I I can't take any more of these like reality shows. This is why I don't watch TV in general, like, except for
1: like very yeah, few I mean, programs. Go ahead. I I I never watch. I mean, I I'll have the TV on in the background when I'm editing my podcast. But um, I'll give you a perfect example. I'm not a fan of MMA, All but right. I get free ticket. I get free tickets at my job. Nice. Um, and we got three ki- three tickets to an MMA fight. It was um last Friday, it it was televised. Um, it was on the Paramount Network. It was Matrone versus Khamatshinov, K- whatever it was. Okay. I haven't watched um, MMA in a long time, but go ahead. Uh, the people listening, they probably know what I'm going to talk about because it's a top trending thing on Twitter. Um, I'm glad my tickets were free because I feel bad for all the people that paid to see the paid that paid for a ticket and went to see it because 15 minutes into the fight, guy got kicked in the nuts <laughs> and the fight just ended. Um, but you know, I'm going off a little topic here, but the fact that um, I'm not there's some things I'll watch and there's some things I won't watch, you know, but like I said, I usually, earlier I, I'm focused on movies, music and video games for my podcast. You know, I don't have time for TV. Yeah. It took me a month and a half to watch both seasons of the Punisher because I can only take three episodes at a time. If I'm doing, um, If I'm reviewing an episode – reviewing a Netflix show and I have to watch the entire season, I can only do three episodes at a time because my brain can only digest so much. Right. I'm not a Netflix binger like other people. So it's kind of – what's the word? Overwhelming for all to binge an entire show. I binge watched season two of Stranger Things when it came out and I was just knacked and tired after doing Mm -hmm. that because it was, what, 10 episodes I couldn't do that. I can only do three episodes at a time. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. So I just I feel like the store. Excuse me. I feel like that the shows that actually have high production costs, because into the Badlands in particular that could not have been a cheap show to produce. There was a lot of backdrops and sets, and the costumes were amazing for all the characters i mean it must have had a significant amount of overhead while by comparison the reality type shows you're you're just following around eccentric people and manufacturing drama from the uh, right. from the narrative, so I mean the the overhead for that's got
1: to be minimal by comparison. And it's no stranger that into the bad badlands is in its final season because it's following a trend of other shows that are in its final season. Walking Dead it's is nearing its final season. What? Game of Thrones is in its final season. Mm-hmm. So there there are yeah well, these shows are probably in its final season because of what we just talked about yeah. the rise of the app streamings yeah well walking
0: dead needs to end
1: (laughs) as a television
0: series (laughs) that just needs to end and game of thrones i mean they've been i never read the book series but i do have friends who have and we have our little it's almost like a little book club talk at the end of every episode and they tell us like where they stuck to the original plot line which plot lines kind of got combined for the sake of a television series and stuff like that but yeah it's it's definitely a trend uh but if that's where the quality content is going to be then you people are going to have to buck up for the the additional streaming services so right. moving on uh alita battle angel now i wasn't originally expecting to discuss this bit but like uh, was it two days ago you posted your mobile review for this
1: and i post my mobile movie review and we also debuted a new segment on our audio podcast where we talk about the movies that we saw between each episode um and we will talk about it in more in depth okay. on there as well so well we're going to talk
0: about it a little more in depth right now <laughs> <laughs> so
1: begin with overall impressions what were your thoughts on it so let me just say before before we talk about it i didn't see the ova okay. before i after before i saw this movie after i saw this movie um i did see the ova with my cousin and he we we recorded um an episode um the segment you know where in our audio podcast where we talked about it more in detail but um anyway mm-hmm. before you know first impression i enjoyed it it's not it's not like a certain movie to anime adaptation a few years ago that was smashed in whitewashing controversy yeah. um but it <laughs> Um, but it. I think Robert Rodriguez was very faithful to the OVA, very faithful to the manga, and it was very, very, very good. You know, I love Robert Rodriguez and his work. You know, Planet Terror from Dust Till Dawn, Desperado. He is a great director, and when I saw the OVA like a day later, he nailed it. Nice. He shot for shot. You know, and seeing it in three D. Seeing it in 3D is a lot better. It makes it shine. So, so would this be a movie that you would suggest seeing in
0: 3D if it was an option? Yes. Okay. Uh, I was actually talking and to – go ahead.
1: As for putting it into my top 10 films of the year, not yet because we have two Marvel movies, three if you count Spider-Man. But, um, oh,
0: yeah. Uh, I was mentioning
1: it too. You some- know, there are – it's two – it's too early to put a movie like this in top 10. I have to – I usually do that top 10 list in November yeah. and then I start making my final decision. But this would be a candidate.
0: I was joking with some friends at the office saying that you know I, I don't expect this movie to win any awards as far as – story is concerned the cinematography was great the visuals were fantastic the choreography was phenomenal but as far as the visuals and the editing and stuff like that is concerned where it really shined it's like yo you're going against two marvel movies this year and it's only february so, like as amazing as the visuals were, because they were legitimately fantastic. As far as winning awards, yo, know, you you got an Avengers and Captain Marvel coming through fairly soon. So,
1: right, gotta, gotta slow that for a little bit. And speaking of which, you know, we're recording this, you know. When I'm not sure when this comes out, but today, the day we're recording this, you know, the reviews for Captain Marvel came out, and oh, I haven't you know, seen them they're yet. They're very, they're very positive, and you know, I'm excited for Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a little skeptical because they didn't show much and they didn't give much. Yeah, it's hard to explain. We talked about this in one of my rants on the recent podcast mm-hmm. episode about. Too much giving too much away in the trailer, but I really, really wasn't I don't I could care less if they give a lot away in the trailer or not. But it was um I'm looking forward to it. So
0: nice. So also with this conversation, you are maybe the third or fourth person that I've talked to that praised the movie Alita Battle Angel for being very true to its original source material. Yeah. That is so good to hear. I've complained about that concept on multiple episodes where it's just like Hollywood. I, I know you're trying to adapt it for a broader audience for money reasons, but at the same time, like, and I just don't understand why this is such a cliche like it happens every single time your original source material has a following for a reason it has a following in the current state that it exists the current story that is being told or was told that is what the fandom is that is the form in the story that has the following why do you water it down and change it for a mass appeal (laughs) Because every time that happens,
1: it sucks. You know, let me interject to this in a okay. little bit because I have my grapes about I have my grapes about Hollywood too. Um, n- not to piggyback with what you were saying, but you know, if Hollywood, if you're gonna remake a film, do your research on it because there are people that don't like remakes of films. You know, listen to the people because it's not all about you and it's not all about the money. You know, they're, perfect example, Total Recall in 2012. I was dead set against it and I remember filing a petition against it. <laughs> I used to think I was the only one that filed a petition against it. But still, you know, people went to see it. People hated it. I warned all of you that it sucked, <laughs> but no one listened. People still want to see it. Um, it's just, if you're going to remake a movie, you know, Pet Cemetery is a perfect example. And back to my audio podcast that just came out this week, we talked about this in great detail. You know, they gave a lot away, but they're really not giving a lot away because they're being original to their story. You know, Stephen King did something revolutionary with Pet Cemetery. The movie followed the book. This is gonna follow the book, but it has a twist to it, but it gave it away in the trailer, which is back to what I was saying Mm -hmm. before. But you know Hollywood is kind of a mixed bag, you know. I think they get what you get. They
0: started being better about it around the time of or I should say with the Lord of the Rings trilogy way back when. God, did I just say way back when for the Lord of the Rings trilogy? God, I'm old. But uh, that was the first movie series or adaptations of a book where like, everyone knew there's fervent, very active, very enthusiastic fan base for that book series. If they did not adhere as closely as they feasibly could there would be just uproar and it would just get panned across every review uh, every review outlet so i think that is where they really started to make the effort for staying true or as true as feasibly possible i mean because you're condensing books however many hours of content it takes to read a novel versus you know, even two and a half hours in a feature length film. There's a lot of compressing that needs to happen. And, you know, sure, we can do more with more convincing CGI at this point, but going back even 10 years, let alone 20 or more, you were limited with what you could do as far as animation or special effects were concerned. But I think Lord of the Rings was like the turning point for staying true to the source material, or at least in a fantasy or sci-fi setting. So bringing it all the way back up to today and the movie of discussion, it is so great to hear – again from multiple people, multiple sources saying that they stay true to the original content. That is fabulous and makes me want to makes me want to see the original much more just to see where differences were made and just to you know, I watched anime back in the nineties. I'd love to see this one. This one I actually missed during the day.
1: And to be honest, you know, I'm not a huge fan of anime. The only anime I've seen in my entire lifetime was Full Metal Alchemist. So And I'm hoping it's Full Metal Alchemist OV Brotherhood. The original Full Metal Alchemist.
0: Oh, you need to erase that out of your memory and watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So much better. <laughs> so much better. Um, but that is for another discussion on another yeah, day. Another th-
1: anyway, <laughs> back to uh, the OVA. Definitely <laughs> check out the OVA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I was saying this on the audio podcast because I th- think the OVA, you know, is a lot better than the um movie. Okay. All
0: right, final headline for this episode. This is going into my Capital Region Unlocked series. A new degree in programming for game design is going to be coming to one of our community colleges in the fall of 2019. So this is at Schenectady County Community College here in the Capital Region. And they recently announced that they will be offering an associate's degree and game design and i have to give credit to schenectady because they are on top of the new trends to people who live in the capital region they're not gonna find this as surprising but for as you move outside of our little area we recently received the go-ahead from the state government to start opening some casinos here in new york so this is this is new to us within the past. Don't few years. you guys already have a casino, and Turning Stone? We have a few. Uh, yeah, Turning Stone is in the state of New York. However, that is on one of the Indian reservations. Okay, so it's not technically in the state; it's on the reservation. So, however, those legalities shake out. So. Uh, we got the go-ahead for, you know, casinos, you know, in the state itself. And I sincerely apologize if I'm phrasing this incorrectly. It's not my intent to be disrespectful. So outside of the reservations, we now have a few casinos, and one of these casinos actually was built very close to uh, the college. And they jumped right on that uh, as soon as they could and developed a curriculum for casino management and gaming. So they actually, you know, a curriculum that involved, you know, how to properly manage a casino floor and dealing for blackjack and other casino games and stuff like that. So they're definitely on the pulse of what's happening. and part of the reason why i've been uh, focusing on the whole capital region unlocked is as i said in my previous episode there's a lot of stuff happening around here and yeah, game
1: design just keeps getting bigger and bigger uh what kind of games are you into steve well i'm obviously with the title of our podcast super retro throwback reviews i'm more into the old school games you know From Uh Atari to N64 to even GameCube to the original Xbox, you know, but I still will play, you know, an uh, Xbox One or, you know, I've been playing, you know, I just played earlier today, you know, Tetris 99 and I hit fifth place, you know, in in a round. That game. So is- what is
0: Tetris 99? I've been hearing about it or seeing it on my Twitter feed. What's going on with that? So
1: Twi- Tetris 99 is a uh, battle royale where you're playing Tetris against 98 other people. Okay. So you have to place first if you can, but they're going to try and sabotage you or they're going to try and knock you out by if it's amazing even yeah, but, even Tetris has joined the battle royale. But craze. it's really addicting and it's really <laughs> clever how they do it. Um but the fact I made fifth place and I posted it on my our Super Retro Reviews Instagram and Tetris official. On- I think I saw that. Yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, they Well acknowledged done sir. It. Well done. Yeah, so <laughs> thank you Tetris official for acknowledging us. You know. <laughs> um but anyway, any we're 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 adaptable to any system, but retro is something that hits close to home to us so all right
0: cool yeah so i just wanted to throw it out there that if you're in the capital region of new york if you're one of my local listeners uh, schenectady county community college has uh, gotten the approval and ha- will be launching a game design curriculum it's uh, it's an as so it's only an associate's it's not a full bachelor's degree but definitely can start you off properly And now we're going to move on to some listener questions. First up, we got Judge Greg at Judge Greg is Law and he actually has two questions for us. So thanks Greg for reaching out to us. First question, thoughts on the trailer for Frozen 2.
1: All right, so I have never seen Frozen. I have friends who have kids and they're obsessed with it. So obviously, I know <laughs> it's a Disney film and I'm not a big fan of musicals. That is another conversation okay. for another time. I don't, I have no interest in Frozen, nor do I have interest in Frozen 2. Okay, fair enough. I have been able to see Frozen,
0: it was enjoyable. My son, Jacob, he is about two and a half ish right now so he's still not into the whole Disney thing Uh, he still loves the Disney store that we have in one of our shopping malls I, I, I don't know how or why it happens but apparently Disney designs all of their aesthetics to appeal to young children whether they have any concept of Mickey Mouse or not but he he loves it the magical wall uh it really is though like I think he was an in, he was still an infant at the time. He wasn't even walking. We were just taking him for a walk like inside the mall cuz it was, you know, freezing outside. And he's in his stroller and he just starts like babbling and reaching towards the store out of his stroller towards the Disney store. And we're like I guess we're going <laughs> inside the Disney store right now. Uh it's Interesting, though, they're taking a kind of darker approach to the film or to the story. So there are many questions that are clearly unanswered, as in, why is Elsa on an island uh, kind of by herself? And she's trying to escape by running across the water. Don't know what's going on there. Uh, her and her crew look a little more on the badass side don't know really what's going on, so uh, I'm hopeful uh, i'm I'm actually kind of looking for don't know if I'm gonna see it in theaters, but I'm definitely looking forward to it uh, the second question from Judge Craig who should play Batman uh
1: and I'm just gonna say not Ben affleck um yeah it's <laughs> but- definitely not Ben Affleck and definitely not Rob Pattinson because um, if you follow Super Retro Back Reviews on Facebook, we had we voiced our opinion on that. You know, say what you want about Twilight. You know, Twilight is one of those films you either love it or hate it. I hate Twilight. <laughs> um, I hated everything about Twilight. I was working a second
0: job uh, at the time when the books were very popular. I had no idea what it was all about, so- but I remembered. Uh, I just remember I was like stocking boxes in the back room and I'd bring product out to the floor. Again, this was like a second job for me. And I kept bringing out more and more copies of this Twilight series. And I had like no idea what it was about. Like, I It looks quasi-fantasy-ish, not really sure. And I heard some other people talking about it. Yeah, there's like vampires and werewolves. I'm like, all right, cool. I can get behind that. And then... I heard about the kicker <laughs> that the vampires glowed or sparkled in the sunlight because they're so beautiful, and that's when the record skipped off the track for me.
1: Right, and I have family that live out in Washington State. Uh, it's we ventured out way out into out into Twilight Country. We ventured out into Forks. <laughs> All right, um, and I kid you not. Over 100 screaming emo kids still, you know, 10 years after that film came out, having Robert Pattinson as Batman is going to make 11 times that increase of emo kids and forks. And all I'm going to say is all I'm going to say is the best part of forks was in the rearview mirror. Okay. Oh, man. But really, I have no idea
0: who I would choose. As Batman. Like, I just can't.
1: To answer your like, question. No one's come to mind. I would like to see Michael Keaton again. Maybe as an older Batman. I mean, I have a soft spot for Michael Keaton as Batman because that's the mm-hmm. one I grew up with. But that's just my opinion. I really don't know who would fill in the Batsuit because there's so many people. Adam West, rest in peace. Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Val Kilmer. I mean, those are. Debatable. Big George shoes to Oh, I mean, you know, but. <laughs> it's
0: it's big shoes to fill. No doubt about that. But a lot of the actors that are coming to mind already have standing roles over on the Marvel side. And I just am not familiar enough with uh, some of the other up and coming actors. Although, maybe the guy. Well, you say you don't watch too much TV, but there was Altered Carbon on Netflix. Never heard of it. It was one of their original programming. And the main guy from that, who I can't remember, but through the magic of the internet, one moment, please. Yep. What
1: was the main dude's name? Joel Kinneman. Oh, the guy Let's in Suicide can... Squad and the guy in Robocop, the remake. He was in
0: House of Cards. Yes, Rick Flagg in Suicide Squad. And he was
1: Murphy in the re- re- reboot of RoboCop.
0: Okay. So I did not see either of those. Suicide Squad looked interesting, and then it just got panned by the critics. So I said, ah. pass then. And yes, Alex Murphy and RoboCop. So potentially Joel Kinnaman? Oh, yes, no, maybe? Thoughts?
1: Yeah. Uh... And-
0: <laughs> all right i'll accept that hell i'm more of a gamer i don't know what i'm talking about as
1: far as tv series no are concerned. i mean we're we're in my territory i mean we're in movies but you know indeed yeah this is definitely your this is your wheelhouse but when it comes you have to have the right person you know if you if you're gonna have someone like george clooney uh you know <laughs> <laughs> um you have you can't have another George Clooney. You really can't have another George Clooney. You have to have someone like a Michael Keaton. Something that that person has to have charisma, like Christian Bale. You have to have okay. someone that has to have swagger, like Christian Bale. You have to have someone that can be a real, have that 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 Bruce Wayne smile, like Michael Keaton. You know that mm-hmm. you know they. They they can't have a the a growly voice like Christian Bale, you know. <laughs> they can't be. Yeah, not really sure where that came from, but you know, whatever. Right. You know, you have to draw a line. You know, you have to. You, even with the animated series, you have to draw a line in the sand with, um, Batman and finding the actor because they have each actor has their own standard and practices of doing method acting you know leo dicaprio is a perfect example there are multiple movies where he could have gotten an oscar and oh yeah oh he's so grimy he's so good when he's grimy right and his if he was cast as batman do you think he would be a good batman no because okay. he's method it, it might, might be a bit of a knee-jerk re-
0: reaction right. to that but no uh right. no so
1: no. it's finding the right actor finding the right person who can fill those shoes but he also they also have to research the people before them you know adam west rest in peace you know the people before them it's not just mm-hmm. making it their own you know so that's just my two cents on that right hmm That's a a very good question. Sorry, I went off on a tangent about it. (laughs)
0: Hey, man, that's where all the good conversations happen. All right, so thank you for those questions. Judge Greg, by the way, is also the host of Real Hero Talk and the Gamers Without Border podcast. So he's a busy man over there. And also, we have a late entry from Chris Osborne, host of Stories from a Bar podcast, which I've guessed it on a few times, and I've had him over here a couple of times, and I'm sure we'll be swapping podcast episodes uh, in the future as well. He asks, what has been his favorite, and I'm assuming he's talking to you, Steve, what has been your favorite part of running Super Retro Throwback Reviews?
1: Hashtag AskVGST. Well, my favorite part of Super Retro Throwback Reviews, in its th- since its inception three years ago, I've done so much with Super Retro Throwback Reviews. You know, I've met people, networked with other podcasters, but it on the flip side, you know, I've encountered other podcasters who are, you know, I'm not gonna say their names, but they're real assholes. You know, the, mm-hmm. I've encountered other podcasters who only care about themselves. And it's, that's not what the industry is all about. But no. for something that was really memorable, um, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but um, you were in the building for this, but you weren't actually near me for this. I got to interview David Ellison at Empire State Comic Con. Um, I got to interview him. Um, for my Empire State Comic Con coverage episode, and two months later, you know I'm at work, and then I, f- um, I notice that my numbers have spiked, but I don't know why. So I look online at my numbers, and I do a I do a search on my podcast, and then I find out that my podcast got quoted by Blabbermouth.net for my interview with David Ellison. Um. So I was blown away by it. That that is a highlight for super rich throwback reviews. To answer your question, stories from a bar. Mm-hmm. But another highlight would be doing my own panel. Yeah, and that is definitely a goal of mine. But continue. Go ahead. Um, and you know, getting to interact and meet with new people, getting to interact and make friends with other podcasters. You know it's interesting you know getting to travel all over the place you know you can have a podcast where you can be you can do a podcast on politics you can do a podcast on baseball or sports you can do a baseball or podcast on game of thrones or whatever whatever you want mm-hmm. to do a podcast on you can do it there's podcasts for everything cooking hardware absolutely everything that's one of the great things about it um but for my podcast you know i have to put a lot of hard work in it like i said earlier i'm pretty much the run everything i run all three social media outlets i edit everything i record everything i i'm literally working five days five days a week on my podcast but i'm working my night uh you know nine to five job but it's really three to 1 a.m 3 p.m the 1 a.m job two days a week so yeah you're rocking the you're rocking the night shift right so i'm putting for three years i've been busting my rear end and you know it pays off in the long run so mm. it, I apologize for the long question stories from uh, the long answer stories from a bar, but all I can say is the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah. Luck is when
0: preparation meets opportunity. Yep. All right, so that wraps it up for the listener questions. Time to move into the final five. At the end of every episode, I ask each guest five questions. The first two are always the same. The last three have a theme, and they range from irrelevant to irreverent. Here we go.
1: First question, coffee or tea? I would have to go with coffee, not just because we have a coffee company as our sponsor but because, you know, coffee keeps us going and keeps us fueled. Um, but also we have a coffee thing as our sponsor for our podcast. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, we're going to go with the coffee for that one. Yes. You want to give them a quick shout out? I'll allow yeah, it. <laughs> um, give a shout out. I want to give a shout out to Deadly Grounds Coffee. You know, they're amazing. Um, if you go to a convention and you see um, a coffee distributor there and they have a coffin behind them, that's deadly grounds coffee they're the only coffee company in new england that can drive around in a hearse and sell coffee from a coffin they are amazing they have you know 12 different flavors that can keep a vampire awake day and night um <laughs> we're happy to have them as one of the three sponsors for our podcast and uh they are the official fuel of super retro throwback reviews you hear that death wish coffee your move.
0: <laughs> All right. So, second question. So, I know you do some video games. Do you play any tabletop games?
1: Yes. Um, even what though my got? even though my social circle is a bit smaller in my town, I mean, my podcasting social circle is big. But you, you guys, you know, are New York, Massachusetts, Maine in other parts of connecticut but my social circle you know interacting with other people you know that i went to school with um mm-hmm. i can't just invite them to my house and play D because some of them are in other parts of the country and all that stuff um so as for tabletop games there's a tabletop game that's been gathering dust because i have it and i want to play <laughs> it but i don't have four other players to play it it's called um the thing es- escape from i escape from outpost 31 and the other one a a couple of my podcasting friends gave me and it's called movie buff okay so is that i'm assuming some type of trivia game it is it's a card game but it makes you think and it's really really good and uh there are a couple tabletop games that i want to get this year especially toy fair that just came out it's just finding people to play them with Gotcha. And if you really want to get moving on the
0: D&D front, I believe it's roll20.org, something like that. Again, I'll throw on a link into the show notes. Uh, this was discussed when I had Kinetic on a while back, but there is an online platform specifically for like over the internet, Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop RPG type games where it's got virtual dice rolling and things like, things of that nature so just throw it out there all right and now moving into the last three and these are a surprise to you so we're going with the retro theme or just working with the name of super retro throwback reviews so question number three for you how
1: old is retro (laughs) <laughs> for, ret- for retro for me it would have to be 1999 or lower you know it would have to be anything pre-2000 pre-2000 you know anything what? i would past- agree with that anything past 2000 is you know okay it's just that millennium end of the millennium this side of the millennium. That's if you hear me in my reviews, I'll say this side of the millennium, or you know. Okay, I, I I'm glad you went back to at least the 90s. Uh, there
0: is a tabletop club at my office. And I've heard some of the younger coworkers mention something about one of the earlier Final Fantasies, and they joked about like, "Oh, it's so retro with their low polygon graphics." I'm like, "Listen here, you little bastards! I'll, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what's retro. Back in my day, we had two frame animation, and we liked it. That's so- going up into the '70s with Atari." Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even like the original Final Fantasy on the Nintendo. Yeah, sure. They gave a different weapon appearance uh, during the attacks, but it was still, you know, you kind of scamper forward a few steps. It gives you two or three frames of a sword in different positions. And that was about it. Yeah, like back in my day in Final Fantasy, it was Fire 1, Fire 2, and Fire 3. Not Fire, Fira, Faraga. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> All right, fourth question. So we're going to put the retro spin on its head a little bit. So rather than giving a retro game the modern treatment, have you considered giving a modern game a retro treatment?
1: Yes, there are quite a few games I would there are quite a few games I would like to see get the retro treatment. Um, one big game I would like to see is Halo. Really? I would love to see Halo as like a 8 or 16-bit side-scrolling shooter. Okay. As, All
0: right. I can see that. Because this.
1: if you look on YouTube, there's a, um, a video. It's like a minute long, but it shows what Halo would be like if it was a Nintendo startup screen it <laughs> nice. bl- blows my mind, you know, and if you think about it, you know, it could be possible. Um, I think a lot of first-person shooters
0: could go into the side-scrolling uh, aspect. I saw one, it was just a collection of just images, but someone kind of reimagined the Borderlands series as a side-scroller shoot-em-up.
1: Um, Another one would be Fallout. I mean, if you take, if you put it into... uh like sim city type way all right and finally sim city yeah and finally um we talked about this on the audio podcast briefly um recent episode but super mario maker um if they did it like mario paint okay but it's already it, too. it it's- but it's kind of that's kind of like a polar contrast because that's already retro enough you're making your own mario levels so
0: gotcha Hmm. all right final question and this is the review aspect of your podcast name what was the most brutal review that you've given oh this
1: one's easy Uh uh-oh Cause back in November, <laughs> this one's got some inspiration behind it. Go well, for actually, it. I there, there we have I have a couple answers to this. So back in November, there was a movie that came out called Suspiria, and it's a remake of the 1977 Italian horror classic from uh, I forgot the Italian director's name, but it is Suspiria is garnered as one of the greatest Italian horror films of all time. So what does Hollywood do? They remake it. You have Dakota Johnson, Tilda Swinton, um, one of the actresses from the original and my God, it was the worst two and a half hours of my life. And it's the most viewed video on my YouTube channel, my mobile movie review, because (laughs) I was brutally honest. I slammed the movie. I I literally was. I'm gonna say it sucked. It sucked. The movie sucked, and mm. I I'm brutally honest in my mobile movie review because I'm recording the review like five minutes after I get out of the film, and you know I was the only one in the theater, and thank God no one came in because I was shouting at the at the screen. <laughs> I was just like, "Why are you ruining this a at- classic film that we all worship and idolize?" any horror fan that is listening to this right now knows for a fact that Suspiria in 1977 is one of the greatest Italian horror films of all time. It is probably up there in the top 10 horror films of all time. You heard me. But if you remake it, if you remake it, it's like remaking Total Recall. It's like remaking RoboCop. It's bad. It was bad. Um, But that's one, one of the, I forgot the question. Um, Most brutal reviews that you've given. That's one of the most brutal reviews I've given for the YouTube channel. For the audio podcast, we go into – we have a segment called The Rant. Um, Okay. (laughs) And we – basically, whatever ticks us off, we go into a rant about it. And basically, I just – I go off for like five minutes on – You know my local beach. You know, charging forty dollars for admission and another forty dollars for snacks and food because the state taxes in Connecticut are really, really high. Mm -hmm. You know, or to you know, giving a plot (laughs) away. I live in New York, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or giving the or or giving the plot away in a movie. You know, but the (laughs) one I was really brutally honest about. And, you know, I look back on it and it was probably something I shouldn't have done, but the person really pissed me off. And Mm -hmm. I was brutally, I gave a brutally honest rant about some, a certain podcaster. This podcaster threatened to ruin my panel. The first panel I ever did because I didn't include him in it. And I was brutally honest about it. And, you know, looking back on it, yeah i shouldn't have done it but he shouldn't have been a dick so (laughs) so
0: there's that yeah and that is all the time we have for this episode. Time for end of show plugs. You can find the show notes for this and all previous episodes at VideoGameCrosstalk.com, as well as all of the social media contacts and the occasional blog posts. Or you can follow me around on Twitter, Instagram, PS4, and Twitch at hypersyntax, H Y P3R-S I N T four X. As for my
1: guest, Steven Christina, where can our beautiful listeners follow you around? so before i get into the plugs i just want to mention real quick we have a local newspaper called the day and um it's southeastern connecticut's prestigious newspaper they have a contest going on right now called the best of 2019 awards and um they have a um, category called best local slash podcast host Um, we are the only podcast in that category right now that is up for voting as best local/podcast slash podcast host. All right. Um so if you want to vote for us, which I'm actually please 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 vote for us. <laughs> um go to the day.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom and go to contests um and f- uh go to the day best of reader's source 2019, you know, click the link. And then just read all the stuff, you know, their rules and stuff. Go to arts and entertainment um, and then scroll down to local radio slash podcast host. Click vote. Next to Super Retro Throwback Reviews Podcast. Um, I'll say that again. Go to next to Super Retro Throwback Reviews Podcast and click vote. Enter all your information and that's it. Um, Voting ends March 12th at midnight. And I appreciate that. Um, as for guest plugs, you can find Super Retro Throwback Reviews on Twitter at Super Retro TBR, on Instagram at Super Retro Throwback Reviews, Facebook Super Retro Throwback Reviews. Um, if you want to stalk me on Facebook, it's Stephen Christina Jr. Um, like I said, my social circle is small, so I really don't have that many friends. <laughs> um, you can find our audio podcast. The New and Improved Super Richard Thurback Reviews, The Audio Files Version 2.0 on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, Podbean, and um, iHeartRadio. And uh, just type in Super Richard Thurback Reviews and it will come up. Google Play slash Google Podcasts, whatever. Um, Pretty much we're everywhere. And on YouTube... We are on Super Retro Throwback Reviews. So just type that in, hit subscribe, tap the bell. Like Anthony said, we're pretty much putting content out all the time and our podcast is on a bi-weekly basis. So keep an eye out for that.
0: All right. And finally, if you are a gamer or know a gamer that wants to talk some tech and science news, let me know. Do you know of any tech news you'd like to hear discussed? Do you have any other general questions you'd like to hear answered on the show? Send an email to videogamecrosshock at gmail.com or tweet at the show using the hashtag AskVGXT and give me the deets on what's going down. Please don't forget to like, review, subscribe, and share this podcast all over your social media accounts. And Video Game Crosshock can be found on basically every podcast network uh, that's out there. Thank you one last time for hanging out with us. And Steve, thank you so
1: much for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me again, Anthony. And um, if I do get approved for press for Empire State Comic Con, um, definitely we'll meet up and probably get a beer. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And in the words of
0: Mahatma Gandhi, a man is but the product of his thoughts. What he thinks, he becomes.